Hello there and welcome back to Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast, episode number 25. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and uh, we've got an exciting guest for you today. Uh, As you know by now, this podcast is brought to you by the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at kppounding underscore FSSN and the podcast. Also powered by Fan First Sports Network at Fans First SN on Twitter. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Tobacco Road Radio Sports YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash tobacco radio. Well, my latest guest here on Inside the Vault, he is a host and writer at NorthCarolinaSportsNetwork.com. If you've listened for uh, radio for a long time, you knew him on the David Glenn Show. Uh, welcome to back to the podcast. Uh, let's welcome David Glenn. David, how's it going? I'm doing great, Ryan. It's good to be with you again. Yeah, uh, it's so good to be with you. Uh, glad to have you on. I know you're a busy guy, so uh, let's just get right into it. Um, start out just like I've done with every guest. Talk about uh, just your bird's eye level view recap of the 2020 season that was the Panthers uh, at 2-15. and 15. Just an overall recap of this past season. Well, it's as bad as it gets, right? I mean, yeah. when you're in a league with 30-plus teams and you have literally the worst record, yeah, And you have some games where there are more visiting fans, it felt like, than there were home fans. And you have to fire your head coach in less than a full season. Yeah, And you have to fire your general manager at the end of the season. I mean, on a 10-point scale, that's about a 10-point out of 10 points bad season. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I had that statewide radio show for a long time. The NFL is the most popular league in our country. And when the Panthers are interesting, they're front and center in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when they're winning, they're truly front and center in the conversation. But even when they're kind of mediocre, they matter. And they just didn't matter. I know diehards always care. But they just were not what North Carolina sports fans were talking about for much of the last four months because it became clear pretty early, even in a very manageable division, which turned out to be, you know, not great after low expectations. Even in that division, the Panthers just could not make anything of this campaign. So it was a huge step backward in the David Tepper era. Yeah, and now it's uh, rebooting one more time, and we'll get into David Tepper in a little bit of time. Um, let's start with um, the breaking news today. Uh, in case uh, any Panther fans uh, were either uh, busy at work or didn't get a chance to see, uh, Dan Morgan has been hired as the new general manager slash president of football operations here uh, on South Main Street. Um, David Dan Morgan, University of Miami Hurricane, two thousand three. Um, draft pick of the Panthers linebacker for so many years. He was a lot of people say the Luke Keekley before the Luke, Luke Keekley. Um, Mm. I remember growing up watching Dan Morgan and I know a lot of our fans did too. So your instant reaction to the hire uh, for Dan Morgan as general manager, number one, and then number two, um, do you like it? Is it going to fit? Well, my first reaction is that this is a guy who's been with David Tepper and David Tepper is a guy who, supposedly has gotten rid of a lot of those who were voices of dissent. And I don't know Dan Morgan well enough to know how often he has disagreed with David Tepper, but I would hope it's not true that David Tepper is just 
getting rid of or not considering those that offer him the most pushback because I, I know because I, I know the Carolina Hurricanes NHL franchise extremely well. Mm-hmm. And I know that Tom Dundon is one of the smartest human beings I've ever met. The Carolina Hurricanes owner uh, likes some pushback from certain people. You wouldn't mm-hmm. want your organization filled with them, but you don't want your organization without them either. Mm-hmm. So time will tell whether Dan Morgan is the right fit in that way. I think it's good that he has a full decade plus as a personnel guy. He's been with the Seahawks, he's been with the Bills, and he's been with the Panthers. So that's three different cultures where he has been surrounded by different people with different points of view. I definitely know Dan Morgan's a man of integrity, a man of his word, a great representative of the Carolina Panthers. So from those perspectives, I feel good about the hire. Um, I just don't know his working relationship with David Tepper. And if he's too much of a yes man, that's bad for the franchise. Because David Tepper, while brilliant in the business world, has not proven to be brilliant with football decisions. And he he should not be a runaway freight train when it comes to those decisions. Um, We'll see how it works out with Dan Morgan. Yeah. And it's all part of a restructuring in the Panthers front office, which we won't get into too much here. Um, We'll get into more stuff. I know you're more well-versed of, but um, it's um, Samir Suleiman. We learned also today is no longer with the Panthers, a guy who's did our uh, Panthers caps and contracts over the last um, three to five years since Tepper's been and and the owner of the Panthers Uh, looks like Brant Tillis. That's not official yet. Vice president, of personnel in Kansas City, the Chiefs franchise. It uh, looks like we might be hiring him to kind of replace Suleiman in that role. So we'll see uh, if that becomes official here in the next few days. Um, that would be a good get, I think, for the Panthers and someone to work under Morgan. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Moving to the head coaching candidates. Um, obviously, we still don't have a head coach yet. We've got second round in-person interviews. Um, Ijera Ivera, our current defense coordinator, uh, did interview um, yesterday. Um, was going to see Brian Callahan today, but he took the job with the Titans uh, yesterday, so he's off the list. Rams defense coordinator Raheem Morris, who I I personally like. He's a program builder, a big culture guy, um, former Bucks and Saints, or excuse me, Falcons coach at one time back in the day. And then um, Dave Canales, Bucks off in the coordinators, who has been getting a lot of hype recently, especially in these last 48 hours, considering uh, he was buddies with Dan Morgan up in Seattle when uh, their time there, and then before Dan Morgan went to Buffalo. Um, so your thoughts on some of the uh, brief thoughts on some of these second round interview candidates. We still have Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick uh, out there as well. Um, I'm not going to ask you who you think the Panthers are going to hire, but just your overall thoughts on um, just these candidates in general. Yeah, I know he was kind of one of the early front runners. And by the way, I, I agree with your assessment of Raheem Morris as a good candidate, but Ben Johnson is a guy that, Panthers uh, officials have been intrigued by for a long time. Mm -hmm. And before they chose Frank Reich, uh, he was already on their radar. And when you do what he has done with the Detroit Lions as the offensive coordinator, and with all due respect to Jared Goff, he is not an elite NFL quarterback. And yet that Lions team is, uh, has been trending in the right direction and offensively has become dangerous And obviously, they're one of the last four teams standing. So all credit to that entire staff, but including Ben Johnson. So I'm glad that he is part of the mix. Um, I do find it fascinating that 
if you now that you have a GM in place, I'm going to be inter- intrigued to see if a candidate says to David Tepper that I'm not a Bryce Young guy, where does the conversation go from there? Because I assume at this point that it is a prerequisite that you have to believe in Bryce Young if you're going to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Because if if you're not a believer in Bryce Young, well, then you got to you just rebooted a head coach. You just rebooted a general manager. You just let some other people go. Uh, it just would not make sense if somebody was not a huge fan of Bryce Young. So whether it's Bobby Slowick or Ben Johnson or another one of these offensive guys, th- there's a fascinating, you know, chicken and the egg situation here where yeah. I'm just going to assume yeah. that if the answer to the Bryce Young question is a negative answer, well, then that guy is going to, to be checked off off the list as a no way candidate. Yeah, and uh, before we move on, I, I will say I, I think it's uh, I don't want to say it's a done deal, but I think um, the Panthers know what they have in Jero Avero, their defensive coordinator. They would love to bring him back as the DC under this new head coach, provided that he does not get hired elsewhere. So I think I think that's pretty much I think set in stone, in my opinion. I really think it comes down to. If Ben Johnson, the South Carolina native, Asheville uh, native as well, went to UNC as a walk-on quarterback, if he says no to Tepper and his money, then I think it comes down to Dave Canales um, and Dan Quinn. I know that's a name that we didn't mention. He worked, Both of those guys worked with Morgan in Seattle. I think a lot of Panther fans, including myself, might be a little underwhelmed if, if Dan Quinn was the choice personally. But um, I think Dave Canales, I think, would be a good fit for the Panthers if they do go that direction and Ben Johnson says, no, thank you, I'm not coming. Um, he worked with Baker, he worked with Geno Smith last year in Seattle. Uh, two guys who are not Patrick Mahomes, but they are, it made them look a lot better than they've been in recent years. So i uh, got to give Dave Canales credit for that. And he does have some innovation in his play calling, and uh, he loves to mix up the run and pass and really keep the defense on their toes. But we'll, we'll see how it uh, turns out here over the next few weeks. I really think it depends on if the Panthers – do did they did Ben we don't know this obviously did Ben Johnson tell them okay I interviewed with you virtually but as far as an in-person interview no thank you uh or are they are they just are we just we don't know yet if they're going to go next week because they came out today Washington and, and Atlanta are flying up next week to meet with Ben Johnson are we on that list or are we not <laughs> yeah we don't know yet and and we're not even sure where the Panthers are in the pecking list of good jobs or bad jobs, because I, I know a couple things. Number one, all coaching candidates want to know who their boss is going to be, right? Right. And that's kind of your GM, but it's also your owner. Yeah. And some people have suggested that top candidates would be scared away because David Tepper had such an itchy trigger finger with now multiple coaches uh, yeah. fired at midseason. Actually, three different guys fired without even completing their season. However, another thing I know about coaches is. If they believe they can win somewhere, if a candidate believes in Bryce Young, obviously David Tepper has deep, deep pockets. And most of these great candidates are just confident enough to believe that even if the last three guys didn't get to finish their season with David Tepper, they usually think they can be the guy to make David Tepper happy. So I'm not sure that the David Tepper fact, you know, scaring people away factor is real. I think it's more about he's a successful businessman. 
if he's willing to admit that he made mistakes, then I think most candidates are willing to give somebody the benefit of the doubt, especially if they have, as Tepper does, some of the deepest pockets in the NFL and the willingness to stroke uh, a check that assumedly would make one of these coordinators in particular richer than their wildest dreams. Yeah. So um, as we said, as we said, we'll see what happens down the pike. Um, Moving on to um, kind of a big picture topic. I I know we talked about this a little bit before coming on um, and recording. Talk about, uh, as you well know, the Panthers history in our state. I'll use some of your uh, exact wording here. Um, You talked about, you know, their place in our state's sports radar, the popularity of the NFL. You mentioned that a little bit. um, And I I heard you might have some statistics that uh, our listeners would love to uh, to 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 know. So uh, you have the floor, sir. Yeah, Ryan, some of this stuff I teach in my class at UNC Wilmington and some of it I've written about for The Athletic or for my own websites and, and media outlets or talked about on my shows. But. I'm not sure even passionate NFL fans really totally understand in most cases the magnitude of the NFL. And I mean, not just as the number one sports topic in our state, which I can certainly vouch for having hosted a statewide show for 20 years or a statewide show for 12 years, but uh, an in-state show for 20 plus years. The, The Panthers slash the NFL is always one of the biggest topics. And remember, North Carolina is primarily, and and for a longer period, a college sports-driven state. I grew up in in Philadelphia, where the Philadelphia Eagles are front and center at all times, and they have been for decades, Mm -hmm. as are some other pro sports. It's actually hard for college sports to get on the radar in some of the cities like Philly and New York and Boston. We're the opposite of that. We've had 100 years of college sports But we didn't even have the NFL until the 1990s. We didn't have the NBA until the late 80s. We didn't have the NHL until the late 90s, right? We still don't have Major League Baseball. So it is a more competitive climate that way for the pro teams. But I can promise you that given the Panthers' Super Bowl appearances, they are longstanding front and center sports topics here in the state of North Carolina. But in the broader picture, I'm not sure a lot of NFL fans realize, the most lucrative professional sports league in the history of the world is the current version of the National Football League. It is a $20 billion a year revenue league. The second and third biggest sports league in the history of the world are the NBA and Major League Baseball. They're like 10 or $11 billion a year in revenue. So the NFL is roughly twice the size of the second and third biggest leagues in the history of the world. And it's not like the NFL has been riding some roller coaster. This year's TV ratings were the second best in the history of the league. And oh, by the way, of the 100 most watched programs on television this year, I don't mean sports programming. I, I, mean, I know where you're going oh, with this. Keep going. Right? <laughs> 93 of the top 100 were NFL games. That means it's not just the 100-plus million you get for the Super Bowl. It's not just the 40-plus million you get for the AFC title game and the NFC title game. In 365 calendar days, 
93 out of the top 100 were NFL games. That's a lot of Monday night footballs and Thursday night footballs and and obviously playoff games. But yeah. it's sometimes just a good old-fashioned routine four o'clock game that happens to have two well-matched opponents with good records. That is, I mean, there you, we all know the 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 sport of soccer is actually the world's most favorite sport. The NFL's annual revenue is roughly equivalent to the annual revenue of the the world's four biggest soccer leagues combined. That's how big the NFL is. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, some people make a living off of criticizing the NFL and suggesting it's, you know, go woke, go broke, or some people swear off it and they'll never come back. All those people either don't do their homework and are just don't know what they're talking about, or they're grifting people by suggesting that the NFL is in the process of being driven into a ditch. You know what happened the last time the NFL's TV rights were up for bidding? They went from $5 billion a year in TV revenue to $10 billion a year in TV revenue. They doubled it. Yeah. If it was a league that was in trouble or or all fans didn't like too many penalty flags or too many commercials. I'm not saying there aren't fans that dislike those things. Sure. There are some real issues with the NFL, but the positives so far overwhelm the negatives that this league has a deal signed all the way through 2033 for $10 billion a year. That is the firmest economic foundation in the history of sports in any era, in any country, in any sport. And anybody who gets lost in in the real issues of the NFL without mentioning that bigger picture, again, the positives outweighing the negatives, they're either clueless or they're lying to you on purpose for profit which sadly has become a business model in the United States of America here in the 21st century. Yeah. Um, I'd like to say, uh, I mean, well, really this last, this coming up weekend championship weekend, AFC, NFC championship, and then the division around this past weekend. I mean, those are the best weekends. Uh, obviously we want our Panthers to be in the playoffs, but if they're not, most football fans are going to watch the yeah. divisional and championship game because that's the meat of the the really elite quarterbacks the good teams i mean and i always like to say the super bowl is not for us right the super bowl is for the casual fans that's the super bowl um the fans who are going to tune in for the halftime show tune in for the commercials tune in for that good looking quarterback or whatever it is um so um, but no, those are those are good uh, stats, and I'm sure my uh, listeners will love to, to see some of that and just um, good content there. Let's uh, keep it moving as we um, uh, keep it going. David Tepper hired, uh, as we know, Sportsology. I know it's a couple of weeks old now, but um, you have an attorney background, and I know uh, you might have a little bit of thought on this. Um, obviously, we did hire Dan Morgan. Um, how well do you think the sportsology firm, research firm uh, helped David Tepper, or do you feel like it was um, a waste of his money and it was just something to kind of put out there and say, look, I, I'm using a, a search firm. I hope this makes everyone feel better. <laughs> what, 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 what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I do think if it is only a gesture, then it's worthless. If you actually listened 
to a different point of view. Uh, as in my reference to Tom Dundon of the Carolina Hurricanes earlier, a, a really smart guy who actually listens to people who disagree with him because he knows other people know football better than he does, just like he knows investments better than other people. Sure. Um, if it was not just a gesture, I'm okay with it. I'm not an expert in the sportsology organization or what they do. Um, so I, I wouldn't vouch for them or vouch against them, but um, I, I think certainly there's, there's a value in additional perspectives and, you know, so much of our modern sports history has become a debate about analytics. Yeah. To me, you're crazy if you don't at least look at analytics, but you're also crazy if you uh, just digest or swallow them whole while forgetting everything else that has been involved in success. So yeah, it's it's all about perspective. It's all about how much weight you put on something. But I'm in favor of David Tepper kind of spreading his wings a little bit and hopefully listening to different points of view because the bull in a china shop, my where the highway attitude that he came in with certainly has not played well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I asked this on one of my previous guests. Um, do the Panthers have a David Tepper problem? David, uh, is that does that exist, or or, or do we think uh, you know Dan Morgan as the new general manager, uh, vice president of, or president of football operations is going to say you know Tepper, step back, let me ha- do what you hired me to do, and, and that's it. Because if if Tepper learns how to do that, uh, and the perfect example is Jed York of the San Francisco 49ers. they had five coaches in six years. Um, before they went with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. And once he learned to step back, look what they're doing. They are winning almost every year. Uh, Not Super Bowls yet, but they are constantly in the championship level uh, every year. So I think if Tepper can learn to just step back and let the football people do the football things, I think we'll see a drastic improvement now, at least off the field. On the field, that we'll yeah. see what happens there. <laughs> hey, I, I like your analogy because I, I think old dogs can learn new tricks. And David Tepper, being the smart man that he is, must, after some self-reflection, realize that his original approach was not the right approach. And whatever inspired him to hire Matt Rule, for example, led him down the wrong path. So it's got to be a humbling experience and a smart guy is going to react to that humbling experience and possibly change his ways. But I'll add this really quickly. If we did a deep dive into the personal reputations of all these NFL owners, there are some truly bad people. And I am never going to put David Tepper on the list of bad people simply because he got over emotional while reacting to a heckler and threw the ice remaining in his cup in their direction. I yeah. mean, there there are flat out fraudulent scumbag lie to people on purpose, deceptive business practices, NFL owners out there. I mean, to me, that makes you a bad person. One emotional reaction does not make you a bad person. Some of those other examples do. So I'm willing to give David Tepper the benefit of the doubt. In fact, his predecessor was caught doing a lot of racist and misogynistic things, which which in my book is is even worse 
than reacting emotionally, which he of course should not have done, and and throwing some ice cubes on a heckler. That's not that's not the same as you know beating somebody up in an alley. It's not the same as treating people in a racist or misogynistic way. So I I think people get out of whack sometimes on David Tepper, the human being, when best I know, and and, and I think his longer track record suggests that he's been more of a good person than a bad person, even though his football decisions obviously have not been up to par. Let's um, talk about uh, Panthers roster going forward, and and we'll get you some predictions and get you out of here. Players, I'll give us a kind of an open canvas. I'll let you mention anyone you want to talk about. Um, players to re-sign um, this offseason, who who do you got on your list? I, I know Brian Burns is a big one uh, that people are, are probably going to want to talk about. But uh, wh- who do you got on your list? Uh, core guys on the roster Panthers need to re-sign. Yeah, that's the starting point for me as well. I mean, Brian Burns is a reason that that defense was so good. Um, at times, even in a, a, a season that turned out to be mostly meaningless. And I think that the, how the Panthers approach this also involves some evaluation of their own personnel. For example, mm-hmm. is Iki Aquanu really a left tackle? I mean, he's- I still think he is personally. I, I think he, you had, he had a sophomore slump. I would not disagree. Um, but um, a lot of tackles who are now retired have come out in defense of him and said that a lot of tackles typically uh, blossom in their third year is kind of when they take that next step up. Um, But that does involve getting good coaching and fixing some of the bad technique uh, that we've seen from him this year. I hope you're right. And and that's right. That, that is central to the decision-making of a general manager. Just like every potential head coach, and and obviously Dan Morgan now is the GM, just as you have to have a strong opinion of Bryce Young, whatever that is, you have to have a strong opinion about your left tackle. I mean, that's just football 101. You need to be able to rush the passer in today's game. That's where re-signing Brian Burns comes in. And you need to be able to protect your quarterback in today's game. That's where good left and right tackles and and other offensive linemen come into play. Um, Obviously, Bryce Young needs more dangerous targets at wide receiver, whether that's addressed in in the draft or free agency um, is, is up to Dan Morgan, but you'd be crazy not to give Bryce Young more weapons mm-hmm. because he was put in a difficult position this year. We all know the stat, stats about number one overall quarterbacks in their rookie year. It is mostly train wreck results historically in their first year. Now, some of those guys with lousy first years after being the number one overall pick went on to become Hall of Famers. And, and others, if not Hall of Famers, went on to a lot of success. Others, of course, fell by the wayside after a rough start. I'm not ready to give up on Bryce Young, but at the very least, you need to protect him better and you have to give him a, a better carousel of people to throw to. Yeah. Um, another guy that I put on that list, uh, Derek Brown, uh, they should re-sign him this offseason. I know he's under contract. Uh, he's someone who had a monster year. And then Frankie Louvu, a uh, linebacker who is uh, already more expensive. He's a free agent. Love to see him uh, get re-signed here. Um, you know, and then J.C. Horn, a guy who 
right now. I don't think the Panthers are going to pick up his fifth-year option, but uh, you you pray to God that he's going to be healthy uh, for at least one season and hope that he can get re-signed here long-term because that corner starts to be a major question mark if uh, J.C. Horn can't stay healthy. Dante Jackson might be a post-June 1st cut this year, depending on what they want to do with his contract. Corner is a position, I think, of real need on this team if J.C. can't stay healthy. I think you're right, and that gets back to the modern-day NFL. I mean, you know, there's a science to this now where some teams don't spend a lot on running backs and don't spend a lot on linebackers, and and certain position players grow on trees more than other position players. Cover corners don't grow on trees. Left tackles don't grow on trees. Quarterbacks don't grow on trees. Number one wide receivers don't grow grow on trees. So there's there's a smart approach to where you put your money and where you put your free agent and draft focus. And right now, the Panthers are lacking in more of those key areas than they feel good about things. Yeah. Um, last topic, and then we'll get you uh, out of here with some predictions. Um, you just started talking a second ago about Bryce Young, how you didn't don't want to give up on him. Um, go into a little bit more of your thoughts uh, from this rookie year of Bryce Young, things he did well, things you think he needs to work on, um, just your overall view of what you saw from Bryce Young this year. Yeah, I think he's a smart guy. I think he's a hardworking guy. He's certainly a poised guy and even keeled guy, somebody capable of of leadership, which is hard to do when you're the new guy and you're a rookie, even though you're at the most important position on the field. But I do think he's wired in a way that can attract the respect of his teammates, uh, especially if the team starts to win. Um, he needs to get better at throwing the ball down the field. He needs to get he needs to get better with his accuracy. He needs to get better with his uh, buying time in the pocket. You know, not all pockets are are perfect and flush, and you know it's just different than the college game. These guys are faster, bigger, stronger, and everything happens a little bit quickly. Um, so I, I do put a lot of the blame on the lack of a surrounding cast for Bryce Young, but he's got to make it his life's work to get in the, the video room and understand what NFL defenses are trying to do to him pre-snap and post-snap even better than he already does. I think he came to the NFL fairly well prepared and, and maybe as you know, more prepared than, than a lot of college quarterbacks but two and 15 is two and 15. And that was two and 15 with some weeks, the defense playing pretty well. Yeah. So that's about as embarrassing as it gets on the offensive side of the ball. And Bryce Young just has to set the tone and set an example that he's going to be part of the solution by doing everything he possibly can on and off the field. Yeah. And um, well, like I said, as, as I said at the top, my guest today has been David Glenn of the NC sports network. Um, DJ, let's get you out of here with some predictions. Uh, give me, you know, first thing that comes to your mind uh, on these answers, and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, let's start with um, Brian Burns. Will he be on the roster next year? Franchise tag, long-term deal, or, or are we tagging and trading? I think he'll be a Panther, and my guess would be a franchise tag. Do the Panthers keep Derek Brown around via contract extension and Frankie Luvu, or do we pick one and have to let the other one go? I think you keep the lineman and hope to keep the linebacker. <laughs> that's good. That's, but the um, priority is going to be on the line. 
Yeah. Um, do the Panthers pick up J.C. Horn's fifth-year option um, in May? Yeah, that's a hard one. My guess is yes. Uh, when healthy, he's been a good player. Um, yeah. So I hope they do, and I think they will. Does Icky move to left guard this season, or will he stay at left tackle with some new coaching? My guess is yes, but I don't roll my eyes at your point of view at all. Um, I haven't studied that history of of left tackles the way you referenced, so I, I hope you have a point there. I remember Icky at NC State. I wondered whether he had the quick feet. You really need to be a left tackle in the NFL. I could still be wrong, of course. Um, uh, so I guess they move him to guard, but that's all it is is a guess. A couple more players, and then we'll get some um, more wide predictions. Um, Chuba Hubbard or Miles Sanders as their number one back or someone not on the roster next year? I'm trying to remember everybody's contract status. Um, Miles is signed for uh, two more years, and then Chuba, I believe, is a couple more years as well. Okay, so they're, they're – yeah, I I think – I think Chuba, I, I don't think running back is their biggest area of concern. Um, I know Miles didn't quite live up to expectations, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're both part of the mix again. Draft pick number 33. Are we drafting a receiver in the a second round, first pick of the second round? We Are we going offensive linemen? What what do you think Panthers need to most draft uh, first in this draft? Yeah, that gets back to the icky question. Um, I think it, it so depends on who's available, right? It's so I think they're going to go into that pick with both the offensive line and wide receiver in mind, and then they're going to have certain players that they have fallen in love with, and then you just pray that one of those guys falls to you. In a perfect world, you know, your number one lineman and your number one, or not number one, but when you're realistic, given where your picking guy falls to you in both of those positions. And then I think they would take, I think they would take the wide receiver, but that's just a guess. Um, it, it just depends on everything, all the picks that happen in front of them in the first round. Yeah. Um, based on what we know right now, um, who is your best guess for uh, head coach? For 2024. Yeah, I think I'll go Ben Johnson. Um because David Tepper. If you're hearing actually, something, let us know. If, if, if you have any source yeah, on I, it, let us know. I, I wish. <laughs> I, I wish. Um I, I want to see an offensive guy. I'm not against Raheem Morris or some of the defensive candidates. I just think if David Tepper has his mind set on someone, he has the deep pockets to to really make them think twice about signing somewhere else. Yeah. I, your your audience probably knows this, but Tepper's not just a wealthy man. Tell, Tepper's a wealthy man by the standards of professional sports owners, and, and that's rarefied air, man. You, yeah. you know they roll their eyes at guy, a guy who has one or two billion dollars. I think Tepper's you know a fifteen billion dollar guy, which probably puts him among the five or six wealthiest owners in all of American professional sports. Um. And, and that means, obviously, players, you have to worry about a salary cap. Coaches, you don't. And I think that's one way he's going to try to make a difference, uh, whether it's Ben Johnson or somebody else. Last two. Will the Panthers be competitive in the division in 2024, given how putrid the NFC South is? Or is this a 
one year off season, get the roster right, two years, three years, how, how many years um, should uh, we see until the Panthers are competitive uh, game by game once again? I think they can be in the NFL. I think they could be competitive in 2024. I don't mean competitive win the division, but I mean competitive. If competitive can be seven and ten, um, which I think it can be, um, I don't think. I think the the NFL is wired in a way that brings the elite teams back to earth a little bit because of the salary cap. Um, and that allows the bottom teams at least an opportunity to climb the ladder a little bit. Yeah. Um, so competitive, yes. Division contenders, probably no. All right, last one. I'll allow you to be as bold as you want to be. Your 2024 boldest Panther prediction for next year is? My boldest Panthers prediction for next year is? It can be literally anything, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I think I just I think they're going to make they're going to give Bryce Young an opportunity to be himself in a way that they didn't do this year. Um, I'm sure you have dissected why the Frank Reich era did not work. Um, that is a massive step backward for this organization. But I think if they find that right offensive guru, uh, as we've seen, I mean, if you can work wonders with Jared Goff in Detroit, if you can um, take a, a, a somewhat of a, an unpolished gem in C.J. Stroud at, at Houston and, and turn him into one heck of a rookie NFL quarterback, those are examples of how quickly things can change in the NFL where, when you match the right quarterback with the right coordinator or quarterback's coach. Um, heck, I, I saw it in Philadelphia, my hometown team originally, um, you know, when Nick Foles helped them win a Super Bowl. I mean, yes, that's, I remember that's, that. the, yeah. that's the kind of magic that can happen when a guy who otherwise was not a very notable quarterback found magic in a bottle, um, you know, with Doug Peterson and that offensive staff, uh, Frank Reich among them, actually. Um, so my hope is that Bryce Young finds his whisperer and – uh, I think our state would be more interesting. Our state sports culture would be more interesting. And and um, Panthers fans would be happier more often if that's the case. Even if it didn't lead to a total breakthrough season, at least it would be an enormous step in the right direction. Well, that's a great place to end it, DJ. Uh, as I said, David Glenn has been my guest today here on Inside the Vault, episode number 25 DG, before we let you go, is there anything else you want to plug? Anything uh, you want listeners to know? Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Um, yeah, I'm I'm on my fifth sports media startup, and it's the hardest one. So don't make me beg, uh, viewers and listeners. But uh, I hope you'll check out our website, ncsportsnetwork.com. That website has a link directly to our YouTube channel where we have a thousand plus subscribers, but we need more uh, link directly to our podcast where we have tens of thousands of subscribers dating back to my longtime radio show, but we need more. Uh, and of course we have the good old fashioned articles. I still, I'm a journalist at heart. So I still love to write at the website. We, we write a little about the NFL, a little about the NHL, a little about the NBA, a lot about college sports, um, which is kind of my wheelhouse, my primary wheelhouse. Um, 
but it's a strange sports media world, as you know, Ryan. So um, any anyone in your audience who's willing to check us out, uh, I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Well, that will wrap up episode number 25 of Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Smith. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We will see you next time.